Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, says the chat. Uh, Michael, Karen, Don, and Karen, Lori, and Vicki all checking in on there. Lori's the only one on Facebook today. Uh, we had uh, some streaming issues last night, if you tried to watch, because uh, we had some internet issues yesterday. I had hoped that it would come back online sooner rather than later. They guarantee 99.98% uptime, and it was down from 1.30 until 9.30. <laughs> so that's eight hours out of the month. I don't know how that fits their guarantee, but so it goes. All right. Um, so I will uh, upload, actually, the service later since it was incomplete on the stream, um, at least the sermon, maybe the whole service. We'll see what we have time to do. Today is the last day of school. And so tonight we have commencement and uh, graduation for Tristan. And that'll be at 6.30. Be a great opportunity uh, to hear God's word together, to pray together, to um, uh, celebrate the conclusion of academic life here for Tristan. And then um, also to, to bid Farewell and Godspeed to our teachers that are departing, Mrs. Larson and Mrs. Polster. Mrs. Larson uh, is taking another call. Mrs. Polster is retiring reluctantly, um, but in order to care for her father. So we'll wish, um, wish them farewell and Godspeed tonight as well. So that's your chance for that. Uh, and again, the ser service is at 630. Oh, and the children will be singing too. So it should be a lovely service. I hope you can come. All right. Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. Our psalm is Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, 
uh, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Right. Memory verse for the week. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1 verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1 verse 21. And I remarked earlier, I think this week, the the word of Job, the prophet, when he says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You see how it's the, the same idea. To me is, is Christ, right? to serve and, and love for the neighbor and, of course, in faith toward God. Right? That's to live. That's what it means to live, actually, is to live rightly oriented toward God and toward your neighbor. Uh, everything else is not living. It's actually being dead while you live, as you'll see in uh, uh, the widows here in a minute. <clears throat> also, uh, to die is gain, right? Because it means to, to be with the Lord. Paul says this in other places too. Um, you know, better to die and to be with the Lord, but if not, then it means fruitful labor for me. Right? It means to live in Christ. All right, two widows from the table of duties. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead, even while she lives. 1 Timothy 5, verses 5 through 6. Of course, not just for the widow, but anyone who lives for pleasure um, is literally the walking dead. Dead in trespasses and sins. Right? We're talking about spiritual death here. Um, even while she lives a physical life. And uh, also, I think you would note that, that Paul is likely recalling the practice of the widows to live a life in service in the church, right? We're dependent upon the charity of those members of the church. And so from this, um, some Lutherans even, like Wilhelm Löhe in Neuendettelsau, Germany, uh, responsible for sending the Hanoverians uh, to found, like, say, Fort Wayne Theological Seminary, the, the missionary endeavors of mid-Michigan and Iowa uh, and New York, among other places. And uh, what he had in Germany, I think that there's something commendable about this that we should consider, is he built um, housing on the campus of, of the congregation specifically for widows. And the widows then would live um, in service to the church. They would pray morning, noon, and night and um, take care of the needs of the church and of the poor, um, etc. Right? And serve. And he called them deaconesses. Right? I, I've never understood... Uh, having young women serve as deaconesses. Um, I mean, it's an interesting office that we've kind of created, but uh, really just out of practical necessity, the question is why? What What for? What's their purpose? Now, a widow, right, who uh, has no, no one to care for her, then the widows can support one another and, and do so in within the life of the church. Now, that makes sense to me. Uh, we have widows that I think would, would love... Um, to live next door and and to to serve around the congregation to assist in um, caring for the poor and the need needy here, um, coming alongside the rest of the ministry of the of the congregation, right? So be interesting to consider such a thing. All right, and then to everyone, the commandments are summed up in this one rule: love your neighbor as yourself. Romans thirteen verse nine. Therefore, I urge that per- requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. First Timothy 2, verse 1. All right, our first reading today is from 
Um, Psalm 68, which we heard last night, uh, portions of this for our intro it. You have ascended on high, you have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation, and to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides on the heaven of heavens, which are of old. Indeed, he sends out his voice, a mighty voice, ascribes strength to God, his excellence is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. By strength and power to his people, um, what, rather, who is the strength and power that is given to his people? Well, we already had it earlier in in the psalm, right? Um, and of course, we have it fulfilled in the spirit of Jesus given it at Pentecost. I love this expression here in the psalm. Um, it's quoted by the evangelists too, or excuse me, by the apostles. You have ascended on high. So this is speaking of Christ, of course, in his ascent. You have led captivity captive, right? So those who are being held captive to sin, death, and the devil are now being led captive as sons and daughters of the king, right? There's a kind of um, captivity that's good, of course, uh, which is to be held captive, to be seized by, by Jesus and to be his own, right? Of course, there's the negative captivity, be held by that which is not God, right? Um, and you have, you gave, or you have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. All right. Blessed be God who daily loads us up with benefits. What a lovely expression. <laughs> All right. Um, this will be a nice antidote to the end of the sermon today. <laughs> uh, this Jesus, whom you crucified, uh, God has made both Lord and Christ. Zinger. Ouch. What a way to end a sermon. All right. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Acts 2, beginning in verse 22. So remember yesterday he ended with... Uh, the prophecy from Joel about the blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And then blessed be everyone who calls on the name of the Lord who will be saved. Right? God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Yep. All right. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it is not possible that he be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I will that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad, moreover my flesh will also rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow the holy, your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his, of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, 
of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. The end. (laughs) Oh, what a rough ending, right? This Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. All right. Uh, But going back to verse 22, let's break this down. How does uh, Peter identify Jesus in verse 22? It's a very interesting expression. A man attested to you um, by God, right? Attested by God. So there is a testament or a testimony as to who he is that comes from the Father. And what are those? How does the Father bear witness to to Jesus? Very clear here. By miracles, wonders, and signs which the Father did through him. I do nothing of my own accord. Um, I do only the will of my Father, Jesus says. Right? Okay. Um, Why was Jesus handed over? This is an interesting expression. By the determined purpose and knowledge of God, the counsel and knowledge of God. It was the Father's will that he be put to grief. Right? We hear that in Isaiah 52, 53. Hmm. So God knew um, all things. My hour is not yet at hand. My hour is not yet at hand. Jesus is saying that he knows when his hour is and it's not yet. Right? And then when it does come, he says, my hour is at hand. Determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. Before knowledge. All right. What had the people done to Jesus? Uh, crucified him. Right? You have, cruci- have crucified and uh, put to death. And what did his father do? Raised him from the dead. Right? Very good. God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death. Literally breathed the spirit upon him again would be another way to think of this. I said that in the sermon last night. Maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't. That that Jesus was raised by the spirit of the Father, right? Yeah, the breath of God breathed life into to the dead. Um, then we have David quoted here in verses 25 through 28. This is uh, from Psalm 16. Psalm 16, which is a lovely psalm. All right. According to uh, verses 26 and 27, where do we get our hope? My heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad, my flesh will rest in hope. Why? Because the Lord has conquered death, right? You will not leave my soul in Hades, nor allow your Holy One to see corruption. Yes, that's referring to Christ, of course. But of course, it's referring to everyone who is in Christ. You will not allow my soul in Hades, leave my soul in Hades, nor allow your Holy One, me, your saint, to see corruption. All right, so was David writing about himself? Yes. Was he writing about Jesus? Yes. Was he writing about you? Yes. Right? All of that. All right, and then verse 28, what is David confessing here when he says, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Right? The way, the way is very important here. We had it in Psalm, in our Psalm earlier too, right? Um, you have led captivity captive. And then, uh, where was the way in there? I thought I heard the way. Sing to God, praises. He rides in heaven. He sends out his voice, his mighty voice, describes strength. You are awesome in your places. Give strength to his people. I guess it was there. You've led captivity captive is what I was thinking of. All right. Yeah, the way of life, not the way of death, but the way of life is what, what Jesus gives. What happened to David, though? Hmm. Death. <laughs> he died. But, interesting then, 
um, he died, and yet what does he confess here? That he will not die, but that he shall live, right? Um, so why did David believe in the resurrection if he died, right? I mean, it seems like a fallacy. No, because of a promise made to David, David confessed the resurrection. That promise specifically was, it's sworn in an oath that of the fruit of his own body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, right? God had promised David that one of his descendants would reign on a throne eternally. Well, how is that going to happen unless death has been conquered? Ah, see, just uh, use use a little bit of intuition and logic here. <laughs> Basic grammar. If your son is going to reign forever, then your son has conquered death, or someone has. All right. Uh, to where did Jesus ascend? What does it say there? Uh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He spoke of the resurrection of Christ. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, and exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right? So the Father in heaven, the right hand of God, the Father in heaven. The right hand, of course, is the position of authority uh, from the Father, meaning that Jesus is given to reign over all things, heaven and earth, for the sake, though, of faith, for the sake of the church. It's true that Jesus um, has authority upon earth, but that authority, um, while it could be across everything, is very specific. The authority to forgive sins, right? Mm. We, we forget about this. It's like, well, Jesus makes the rain to sun, the rain and the fall. And so, yeah, well, God does cause all these things to happen, but it's for the sake of faith in Christ that our life be preserved and that our children's lives be preserved in the knowledge and wisdom of Jesus. Everything is for faith and in faith. Okay. Uh, what does the ascension proclaim about Jesus? Verse 36 actually tells us that he is both Lord and Christ. Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, right? So he is both Lord and Christ, having died for the sins of the people. Uh, We had all four, actually more, but at least the four major um, works of Christ described by Peter here, especially at the beginning, right? Um, Attested by God, came in your midst, incarnation, delivered, uh, crucified, put to death, crucified and died, raised up resurrection, and then ascended here at the end. The Lord said to my Lord. So we have incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension all described in one sermon. And actually, as I pointed to, pointed out to you maybe earlier this week, uh, it'd be a fun exercise to do, is to keep reading in the book of Acts. You'll find that all the sermons in Acts, depend, regardless of who preaches it, whether it's Peter, Paul, or someone else, they always are the same. There's one sermon. There's different texts. There's different bases on to preach. But every sermon uh, specifically applied but generally described is preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. Specifically applied, though, right? There's a particular sin at work or sins, right, which must be preached into. Right? The word of God must be applied to bring um, bring them to both uh, knowledge and to light, um, namely that they be what put on the cross, <laughs> die uh, sins and evil desires, that a new man in Christ would rise again. Okay. The work of Christ can be divided into four parts, incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, you know, like in the creed. Nothing, or notice there is nothing in Peter's sermon about the right way to live or how to be a better person. There is only Christ, whose name is the only name by which we may be saved. The law in this sermon is that Israel had crucified the Messiah, whom David had prophesied in the Psalms. In preaching the cross, Peter preached repentance, and in the preaching of the resurrection, he proclaimed the forgiveness of sins. This preaching of law and gospel 
Repentance and forgiveness is what converted the hearts and hearers to faith in Christ. This sermon did not call upon the hearers to make a decision for Jesus, there's no anxious bench, and did not declare absolution apart from repentance. Right? There's no um, antinomian forgiveness here. This sermon sets the pattern for all true preachers of the gospel until the day of our Lord's return. Genius. All right, let's sing with the, with the angels. Uh, well, actually, if we're going to proclaim Christ's works um, to others, then that makes us angels too, doesn't it? Angel messengers, right? Let's sing with those choirs now. Grace. 
He has raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. There we sit in heavenly places, there with Him in glory stand. Jesus reigns adored by angels, men with goddess on the throne. By our mighty Lord's ascension, we by faith behold our We have a commemoration today. It is, I think, the Venerable Bede, right? You know, he's a guy to everybody who knows. Bede the Venerable, to be venerated, the theologian. Venerable Bede was born in Northumberland, England, around AD 672. He never traveled more than 100 miles from the place of his birth, yet this monk's reputation as theologian and historian spread throughout Europe and the world. His parents sent him to the monastery at Monkwermuth at age seven. When a sister monastery was founded in present-day Jaro, Bede was transferred there. In 686, so 14 years after his birth, plagues swept through that monastery, and for a time only two monks survived to carry on the round of singing together the daily office. One of them was Cleoferth, the abbot, and the other, a young boy of 14, that would be Bede. He was made a deacon in 692, and at the age, at age 30, he was ordained a priest. He labored in the monastery in preaching, teaching, and above all, writing. His commentaries on scripture proved popular throughout the Middle Ages and remain a source of inspiration and insight to this day. He excelled in music and poetry, particularly working in his native English. Right, we have some of his hymn, hymnody. Perhaps his most famous writing is the thorough and careful history of the English church. The man's piety shines in his observation, at least in the northern hemisphere, that the church observes the feast of St. John's Nativity in the days when the sun's light begins to diminish, and our Lord's Nativity in the days when the light grows, since I must decrease, but he must increase. Interesting. So, John's Nativity, of course, six months before Christ. So, when the, the sun's light begins to diminish, oh, that would be equinox, right? And then, when light grows, I must decrease but he must increase. Well, he's six months older, birth, but nine months. Ah, yes. Okay, there we go. Uh, the account of the Venerable Bede's death on the Feast of the Ascension, May 26th, 8735, that would be uh, tomorrow, shows nearly every, everything one needs to know about this great man. He was still at work on an English translation of John's Gospel with a young lad acting as his scribe. His strength was waning fast. He finished it, then fell on the floor of his cell, singing the Gloria Patri, and that is how he died. <laughs> wow. He was buried in Jaro. However, his remains were later moved to the great cathedral in Durham. Fitting, since he died upon the Feast of the Ascension, that our hymnal includes his Ascension Day hymn. A hymn of glory, let us sing. That one. The opening stanzas for today were taken from this hymn. Be now our joy on earth, O Lord and be our future great reward. <laughs> then throned with you forever, we shall praise your name eternally. <laughs> right? O risen Christ, ascended Lord, all praise to you, let earth accord. 
You are valiant, Lysagis runs with father and with spirit one. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. So that's him 493 in LSB. Bede's life and ministry are an invitation for us and all people to join this humble monk who delighted in the word of God in singing unending glorious to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray. Almighty and everlasting God, receive this day our thanks for your servant, the venerable Bede. Even as he took great delight in your word and sought to teach your ways with zeal, so may your people today follow his example and to our dying breath proclaim the great things you have done. Through Jesus Christ, our risen and ascended Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, we pray. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth, whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, especially on this last day of the school year, all deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Pray this day in Thanksgiving with David and ah, Elsie, all as well as uh, celebrating their birthday, Anne and Karen celebrating their baptism. We pray for um, the households of our church, Matt and Allie, Dan, Kevin and Kim, Gary and Julie, Kevin and Mandy and Doug. We give thanks to God for the preservation of faith amongst us and for the service of Mrs. Polster and Mrs. Larson as teachers here. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment and recovering especially Dale and Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Marion, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Gus and Eileen, Ron, Doug, Hosea, Pat, Wade, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound, Marcella, Walt, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Lutherans for Life. And pray in intercession for the preservation and increase of hope amongst us and for the government and those in authority. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. That's the Congregation of Prayer for today. Thursday, May 25th, 2023. I encourage you to come out this evening, 6.30 for uh, commencement and graduation. Uh, but it is a uh, service of, what are we doing? Responsive prayer, I believe, yeah. But we'll be uh, singing a few hymns and psalms, hearing the children sing. Um, of course, the graduation for Tristan, celebrating um, the accomplishment of his work. And then, of course, farewell and Godspeed to Mrs. Lawrence and Mrs. Polster, as well as the children singing. A farewell to them and go, my children. All right. Oh, and a reception afterwards, of course. All right. So God be with you all, and I hope to see you soon.
We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.